Croissant and welcome to At The Table, or Otha Both, a six-part series presented by Artist Mundi in partnership with Cardiff Metropolitan University. In each episode of At The Table, we have invited guests to bring their curiosity and knowledge to help us unfold and explore the artist's work. In this episode, shortlisted Artist Mundi 9 artist Prabhakar Pashpute will be talking about his work with curator and lecturer Zasha Kola, Sean Williams, Head of Special Collections and Librarian for the South Wales Miners Library at Swansea University, and Dr. Radhika Mohanram, Professor of English at the Centre for Critical and Cultural Theory at Cardiff University. Given your background of belonging to a family that has three generations of miners, Radhika Mohanram, and previous generations of farmers, how did you break away from family tradition and get interested in art? And I think I'm interested in the origins of your creative process. Prabhakar Pashpute. It was quite tough in initially to, for me to engage uh, into art because uh, having the background of the uh, three generation of coal miners and also the farming background. Uh, I grew up in a, uh, a place called Sasti, coal miners town and also the farmer's town. I was not able to, you know, like learn about formal education about art. So, but I have like studied in different places in Chandrapur district. I was able to know from uh, like uh, one of my mentor, one of my first mentor, Manoj Bobde. He introduced me to many things, not just like uh, making art, but also like uh, have this open aspect to read like uh, literature, uh, like especially Marathi literature and Marathi writers and uh, poetry to be able to get into art was kind of a journey where I have like spent a lot of time doing uh, research and finding things. Artist and uh, my friend Shikant Puranik, he, he actually told me about the university where I studied like Khairagad University. That's when like the whole journey has started to be able to engage in uh, art, uh, music, dance, theater, because in Khairagad there was all kinds of forms were there. From that point, I, I finished my master's in uh, MS University in Baroda. So when I went to Baroda, there actually like everything changed for me. Like, politically, socially, like how I see things, like and how, how would I show things through my art. My work was also like very uh, linear earlier. There wasn't like much complex that I would say uh, wasn't there. When I finished my study, I moved to Mumbai. Then actually, like uh, whole things was uh, so different for me because I was able to get engaged into Clarkhouse Initiative and also the Union of Artists, like Shunya Collective, so which was formed later in 2011 in Bombay. I was able to, you know, continue my journey and ask many questions to myself. Where do I come from? How would I show those things, like which which really matters to me, and how things can change? Sasha Kola. Your way of working and your process continues to be a process of conversation. I don't know if this is true, but and this is a point I'd like to bring both Radhika and uh, Sharon into the conversation together, because uh, Radhika, I know you're working, for example, on a on a history of trauma of refugees, especially non-Western refugees, if I understand. And Sharon, your library, I noticed uh, it collects oral histories from Wales, especially. Prabhakar, I, I wonder what you think of how to define some of your characters or the people who populate your works. You know, they, they 
seem to me to be these enigmas, but they seem to be stories. They seem to be a compression of different oral histories and a kind of conversational method that you have. And I wonder if all three of you could speak to, of maybe Prabhakar first to this idea of orality. It's more uh, related to like uh, the poetry and literature, but also like the kind of uh, evolution happened uh, during this time, since 2011 to now. I began to like make these characters uh, in like before, uh, I think 2011, but uh, slowly I had uh, in my mind that there wasn't this idea of making a character, but there was this idea of like making individuals, like how I see these uh, people as a character, this uh, object as a character, or any uh, like story, like some of the stories which I really uh, liked, you know, from my hometown, different people, like, and to be able to uh, engage with their own uh, oral stories and uh, engage with their own proverbs or methods or sayings, you know, like that really like provoked my own uh, idea of like having human bodies or like objects or uh, like being interested in sculpture I always you know mix things together so so this mixing things together really like provoked me and my thought to come to this kind of you know like juxtaposition of the, the elements and the human body so it has been like a really long time now like almost 10 years so after uh, 10 years when I look at look back to my own practice and the characters which I have made and uh, in, in 2019 we also made a like small uh, book gathering all these characters together there was this prominent image of the power which always have been uh, came as a manager of the image of the manager or image of the workers so like visiting different places was also there but I also see this uh, it's a structure how how the power works everywhere, mostly in the mining industries or mostly in the industrial uh, landscapes or industrial revolution. So when I see the Indian minings or Indian uh, like labor conditions and compare those with the Colombian miners or also in in miners in UK or Europe, so I see that there is a lot of uh, differences, but at the same time. There is uh, this uh, comparison one can make, you know, like the, the, the basic conditions, basic working condition or basic uh, needs, what workers really need to be provided. Books really provoked me. So such as George Orwell, like uh, The Road to the Vegan Pair, and also like some of the books uh, which I really uh, admire, like from, from um, one of my research in Northern England where I visited many, many uh, like different locations and uh, mining areas. Those sort of stories, when I gather, somehow I try to, you know, convey or uh, put this thought together, like what does this actually mean? Like people be, uh, being able to, uh, when, when I juxtapose this kind of juncture, I feel like sometimes these characters or elements in my work Sometimes I feel that they're, they're really uh, dominating as well. You know, like some of the characters which has completely, that, such as manager character and uh, also uh, one of the character of the uh, binocular and, uh, and uh, the wind indicator. These are like some elements really, I really found through my research. When I think about like all of them, I... I somehow like see them all together, like roaming around uh, in a procession. Sean Williams. 
One of the things in the collections that we've got at the South Wales Miners Library, something that comes through strongly with our collections in our through our oral history um, collections, as well as the pamphlet, the book collections, the posters, are to do with um, solidarity, with unions, with health and safety, industrial accidents. And I just wondered to, you know, you've talked a little about the characters, but I just wondered to what extent health and safety, industrial accidents, you know, whether that has had an influence on, on characters that you have created. Yeah, of course. I mean, that, uh, that aspect was always there because uh, when I was visiting, I began to visit coal minings in my hometown itself, like uh, in 2011 uh, to 12 and 13. So when I see like, you know, like they, there is no uh, even source of water, drinking water, there is no source of being able to go by the lift. So like many minings has like, you know, it's a kind of a shaft that you sit or stand and like go directly into the underground, like 400 or 300 meter down. But in some places in, 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 like in Maharashtra, where my hometown is, there are no shafts. The people really have to walk there. Like they spend around two, one hour or two hour or three hours, like just going, getting into the pit. And also like visiting different uh, places such as uh, in, in Turkey, like the salt mining, uh, which really inspired me, you know, like to come to this, come to know about the story of the, the rabbit and, and donkey, which is like naturally mummified animal inside the mining. And also in Poland, I visited two, three different minings, like salt mining, and also uh, visited uh, some coal minings. So like there, the kind of uh, machineries were there. It really changed my idea of how, how I would look at the, the, these objects or the people, or how I would look at the mining itself. You know, it really changed my perspective because it is just not about, you know, like, uh, getting or resources or it is just not about like there is there are a lot of things the multi layers of things that uh, we 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 are dependent on like I always like have this mind that we we take so much that but but uh, we, we never like repair things like a lot of in my research like I came to this conclusion that we have taken so much as a human from the nature but uh, this idea of like, giving back or this idea of uh, or this thought of giving back was never mentioned like, uh, latin america also like i visited these iron minings in brazil and uh, and also uh, gold minings brazil and colombia so like this uh, aspect of you know re reclamation or the restoration of the land have been really uh, neglected Radhika mohanram can we go back to the points that you were making about the interrogation of power that you are doing through your work? And, and it is there that I see the intersection with the sort of oral history work that I'm doing and your work in that oral history is often about allowing alternative voices to emerge, which won't fit within the national narrative of whatever it is. So, for instance, if there is a national narrative of upward mobility in India through giving up employment to all these rural people working in mines, your paintings then question those 
by the sort of implications that you're making through your paintings. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit to that. I think that 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 always have been there that the power structure and uh, it's a violence I would say that the violence of the power like how it keep rotating or keep changing and also uh, there's a lot of things that are there around my work like how especially the image of the manager always have come and together but when I see after this long time period like how things have uh, connected or interconnected uh, directly or indirectly. If we talk about the power structure, because we are talking about the resources, we are talking about the land, and we are also talking about like how it has been used, like especially the how it has been used. I think that uh, the power has been like too dominant. It is not been able to you know like make that equality. You no, know? it is not there that, that the thought of equality or thought of giving a back is not there. If we come to the present uh, situation, what we have right now, and also like the last five, six years, there have been a lot of changes. Uh, if I think about like India, how the power have been like used and uh, like to make people like to deluge their mindsets and to deluge their like belief, I would say like it's, it's completely have changed in India, especially. There are a lot of like protests are also going on around this. Like there are a lot of uh, rejection is there. There are a lot of uh, refusal is there. People are aware. People are aware now that uh, there something is wrong. Something is really unrest is happening. It is so dominant that power structure is so dominant that people really have to you know come come forward. Sasha Kola. Your title of uh, some of the new works for Artis Mundi is A March Against the Lie. Your exhibition at Artis Mundi has very strong symbols of the fist. Maybe it's a good moment to think about um, just how much has changed since we even worked together last, just how much has changed in terms of what we can say on a public forum like this, the kind of artistic courage that your work always had, but that is needed now. We're not only talking about mining, but we're also talking about this huge farmer protests that have been happening and the other kinds of protests that you've been involved with yourself to do with uh, detention centers for refugees and for migrants who have come into India for different reasons, but also for general citizens who don't have the papers, you know, the sans papier, the people who do not have the papers to prove because the onus of proof is now on each citizen to prove that you are a citizen of a country where we're hardly literate in many parts of the the country and so i think that it's it's an incredible statement at a at a very dangerous time in the country in terms of just its reach when i see the fire in the work in the banner maybe you could talk about what this fire is about and and just also this protest culture that you have i mean where the fist for example comes from and what your research has been to talk about the feast and to talk about the farmers protest and uh, we also have to like talk about like what have been happening in in last uh, like 10 to 15 years because uh, if we talk about farm and farm laws and uh, farm issues like what farmers have been facing because there are a lot of things have changed uh, in last 20 30 years like farmers have been completely dependent on their crops and but there is a lot of issues of the subsidies there's issues of the like not getting proper prices for their crops so like there are lots of problems and uh, 
and like i think because of that and because the constant when you face this kind of issues like constantly one by one one by one one after and not being able to again like sustain because the farming these days is not so easy like there are lots of youth farmers in india that they're looking for other alternatives they're looking for other uh, sort of jobs like and selling their lands why that is happening because you know that it's it's not working for them it's not really working because selling and spending a lots of money and efforts and uh, into their farm and getting nothing out of that is really frustrating it's really frustrating so that's where i think that resentment that anger is there in, in especially in farmers or farm farm company communities so in 2016 uh to in 2017 18 19 and 20 like a, a series of years constant protest like and the farmers are using their bodies as their you know like a tool they they using when i say their bodies means like they they are trying they are burying themselves somewhere in rajasthan they are walking like uh, kilometers and kilometers like more than 50000 uh, farmers have been walked from nashik to to mumbai Uh, to put their voices and also like their farmers like were standing like um, in the water for days and days so you know like this uh, this sort of actions by the farmers and this sort of unity and the strength when they came together with this to put their thoughts and to put their demands towards the government i see that there is a lot of possibilities in such in such kind of but but the government like we 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 come back to the power now like the the government have been so brutal to them so brutal that they have tried to you know completely dismantle this strength like the farmer strength or the unity so i see that you know like in in there are evidences since last couple of years there and also there is ongoing protest in india and all over so i see that you know that how this power really taking this advantage of the people because these are the people who have gave them this opportunity to rule the like the state or the country and these are the people are not, uh, who are getting nothing out of it you know really really nothing and there are places there and uh, people who are really suffering right now so i think that this is really bad time period that the people are or the farmers are going through how do you marry the political with the aesthetic in your work because there's a visual pleasure of looking at your work it has been uh, you know like the political aspect i was aware about it you know like what i really want to do because when i i, I mentioned earlier uh, about my awareness about the social and political aware uh, aspect so i was more clear when i came to art like i was very clear that i what i want to do but i wasn't uh, clear about how how i would put this thoughts or i i struggle a lot i struggle a lot with the visual language itself because uh, before that like in my earlier works i i, I wouldn't even like, you know express things very well or express like visual forms in that way that which which can you know convey the message clearly or easily i also keep in mind that my visuals or the forms has to be you know like somewhere which people like could understand you know like or enter into that thoughts so for me like uh, that political awareness was there already but the the aesthetic like somehow i feel that the literature really helped me to bring that into like visual forms 
so like when i say the uh, like literature like poetry and uh, novels they they really help me like especially marathi literature and poetry and also the, there are some poets like narayan surve uh, suresh bhat mahesh elkunchwar whose uh, writings i i really admire and also eknath uh, sarve so those novels and those um, the poetry which i read earlier in my life that really stayed with me you know like it stayed with me for a very long time period about to to be able to understand the divergence in the, the society uh, and to understand the difference of uh, the class caste and uh, the differences of like labor and the uh, power so that was always there and uh, aesthetically i think like i always see Uh, the fusion of art literature and it it somehow you know works together i feel like and it yeah. it is very important to have that kind of sense of uh, the literature and because i really feel that it's more powerful in that way i know you visited the the museum the the archive where, where these banners are held a special collection and the work i see in artist mundi is not only using the display techniques of the banner but also within the imagery there's a there's a sense of drapery that's entered that is completely new Sean I was wondering can you tell us a bit about the the banner's collection and your own research on it yes yeah, so uh, the south wales miners library we hold a collection of over 50 banners many of them miners banners many of them trade union banners most date from from the 1950s it's interesting because south wales has a very different banner carrying tradition to other parts of of the uk so in other coal mining areas banners um existed much earlier were used in protests and and marches much much earlier in south wales in fact while there were banners carried in protest during the general strike in the 1920s the hunger marches in the 20s and 30s and we do have one existing banner from that time in our collection most of our banners dated from the advent of the miners gala and were created for quite a different reason but then were so they were created for use as um, in procession in the uh, bringing together of of miners across south wales in the annual gala but then in the 70s the 1980s they were used very much in in protest but the south wales miners banners ha- ha- are very political but they also have an internationalist outlook and it's interesting looking at the colors and the imagery that um appears on on the banner so you have the clenched fist you have globes you have lots of of a symbolism but i was interested in whether you've looked at at banners across the world and how they've been used in in protest obviously you've you've drawn on there's the the clenched fist the unity but how much have the slogans how much have the the colors influenced um the work that you have done the procession was quite important you know like the galas was quite important so uh, i like this uh, idea and also like there was a first character i i really remember like how 
this union have started like because i was reading about in one of the book of uh, the miners like there was this character of uh, tommy ramsey like who used to go to the villages to villages you know like in in uh, like especially in the mining villages uh, with his rat, rat, uh, rattle like rattling uh, and gathering people together there is banners of the uh, the unions like uh, the doctors banners uh, like unions and uh, uh, and also like the banners for uh, like the miners so i think that the imagery was quite interesting and the kind of motifs that was used in this kind of banners the making of this banner was you know it's uh, it's a very special like i feel because there was uh, the paint and the the color and the fabric was used for this and uh, the people like how they hold these banners like all together like in india when i see that those kind of uh, like uh, protest uh, banners these these days there are banners people make uh, for the protest and artists also they they involve themselves to make such a banners like especially i remember like uh, like talking to an one of the artists like anupam roy he really make this huge banners for the protest and he really engaged himself in this kind of uh, you know protest uh, making banners in the public places so i feel that there is this uh, like connection is there but uh, like the slow people have used uh, slogans people have used the like the bodies and uh, uh, motifs but but i think that uh, that those sort of banners was completely different like what i've mm. seen until now you've always merged and segued different historical contexts you've compressed almost like a piece of coal you know your artwork compresses different his times and it feels like the banner is the new way in which you or this drapery is a new way in which you pull together these historic times but also these very differing um contexts and thinking about the yellow cloth that comes together in one of the works in artist mundi we have some questions the first is from luisa percopo in particular being italian your work and the colors you use remind me of giorgio de chirico but of course picasso and dali come to mind by watching your work and the russian avant-garde artists constructivists such as tchaikovsky and natalia bankova is there any connection with european surrealism and their form of artivism especially post world war 2 in your work sure i mean there is a uh, there was i mean like when we study in india like about art we always have western art to study so mm-hmm. i think that there was this influence uh, and also that this impression uh, was there and before that there was this uh, indian artist like i really used to admire a lot uh, the kg subramanian like somnath or uh, chitta prasad like all these artists the like prabhakar barve these are you know like my initial uh, references that i used to follow these artists and really admire their artworks uh and also digirico for sure like there is a uh, like this uh i'm a huge fan fan of uh, his uh, art and uh, and also there is the surrealism like for me uh and i don't see like how how that enter like i don't know how that enter into my like work but i think that there is a lot of things that are there around my work so i i i don't think that it just like about the this is uh, surrealism but also like it, there are a lot of things that into my work which which uh, talk about the direct or indirect interpretation with the human bodies 
there are like the elements of uh, and also juxtaposition of the bodies and the land and landscape and the characters but also there is this uh, kind of a thematic or the dramatic feel as well so i don't know if i want to categorize uh, that uh, into my work but uh, i i still cannot you know like state that if it is going to fit into that uh, categories because uh, like in recent works I, when i see that they are they are completely coming with a different kinds of uh, background itself like the the background uh, such as one of the the work like the close observer and uh, the rattling note work in the artist mundi nine it has completely this different atmosphere it's a creator kind of atmosphere and and but holding the characters together you know it's 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 just a go beyond to my imagination itself like it's go beyond to for me to even understand like how these things are popping up into my work that's really great about this the way you touch on artistic imagination and how it works but unconsciously or subconsciously in, in kind of research that we always talk about that understands and puts things together but you're not fully aware of doing so it looks surrealist to some eyes but it's also a form of meant of layering and sedimenting time and yeah, ideas yeah. and different yeah. kinds of protests and different kinds of histories and uh, to speak to the internationalism i mean as we said this work in artist mundi is also about the fires in the amazon it was also you know putting together a time a moment and did have a kind of uh, internationalism always has had we have a second question from glen leister do you feel you are a recorder of history and protest or part of the campaigns i don't know i mean like uh, like of, of about the recorder but i i feel part of it like most of the time like i feel uh, to to engage uh, into such events or such a uh, or into such voices because it's it's, it's job of an artist also like to be responsible or to be aware about what's happening around because we can't exclude ourselves from this situation i think we are equally responsible for this what's going on around here so we can't i think like exclude ourselves because uh, i think like as an artist we have to like engage in such kind of events or activities and be aware about what's happening and what is what is it that causing us and what is it really making us to such kind of uh, situation so i think that uh, like the recorder i don't know but uh, i feel like more part of it of this campaign it's that representation of emotions you know the strong emotions in your painting that that is amazing i mean even the obvious one like the closed fist it is it is that it's the anger the protest about what's happening and this uh, bodily experience for me this visceral experience of your work and i find that so fascinating prabhakar but it's amazing to me how you're able to represent that shine is there something you would like to add to this idea of recorder of history and protest or in part of a campaign are you able to any more find the difference between this there's an element of both obviously i think there's an element of trying to be an objective make sure that all sides of the story are are heard 
but you know there there is also an element of of naturally being part of the protest as well in terms of you know the material that's collected and the way in which it's collected as well you know much of the materials that um, we've got particularly um, you know some of the oral video materials were actually recorded created during protests so they're not only recording but they are also so part so I think it, it can be you know it's very very difficult to objectively separate the two really this attempt to this um democratic attempt to record or represent the voices of those who will never get a position from where they can um, ever be heard or be able to speak that somebody can hear it when I compare the sort of work that Prabhakara is doing with this sort of oral history that I'm gathering and the emotions that the refugees have, which is in words, is being visually represented. It's the depth of emotion that is being recorded, which I'm finding quite fascinating at the moment, that alternative form of communication in, in a lot of uh, uh, times in within the context of uh, my work, there's this silencing where there is no words to express it, but yet there is uh, some other form to express it. And if you had to answer the same question, do you see your own work as a form of recording or a form of um, being part of a campaign? How, How would you answer a question like that personally? I think that there are these national narratives about anything really. There is a tendency to demand that everybody speak with one voice. But people's lives are so different from each other that even when you are taking oral history from a group, two of them would say completely opposite things. You know, it's the experiences are so completely different and the emotions are so completely different. And I think that in my case, it is I suppose, to a certain extent, in my own very little way, I'm attempting to record those voices of people so that you see then any moment of history, you see it for its shagginess rather than for a smooth contour of Mm -hmm. whatever it is you're doing. I think context is also, you know, has to be part of this question. If you look at the title of Prabhakar's work, it's very telling, this new work. I mean, uh, a march against the lie. What are we dealing with where um, a government wants to create such a tight nationalist uh, narrative that won't even allow Amnesty International, which has been in the country since 1966, to function anymore? You know, close down Greenpeace, locks every kind of... And Prabhakar, you were talking about the news the other day, where, you know, how you cannot rely anymore on... So many of the institutions that we took for granted, in a way, not for granted, but almost uh, believed were safe areas of discussion, and they are not any longer. So then it makes, you know, the question has a a different tilt to it, where it's not a question of being able to be part of a recording, to record a history if it's happening all around you, and also not to be quiet and not to be silenced is very powerful to me. And and that Prabhaka can find a language for it in such a short time. He's not talking Mm. about 50 years, he's talking about the last five years or even Mm. the last year. There's a huge uh, wisdom in this to be able to 
find a vocabulary, which I'm not saying is one-to-one at all. It comes from such a long life. When I may say long, very young Prabhaka, but it's a very full experience that you've, uh, that you've shared so generously. Uh, we have another question. How does your work, Prabhakar, speak to colonialism, the caste system in India and the current global capitalist trend? This is from Farah. Colonial, I think, if I talk about the mining, that, that impression was already made, like, you know, in, in 1800 or uh, 1900 of uh, the, the colonial system in India, especially. So I think it was there, but uh, I, do, I, I don't see that telling or about the caste the sense is already there you know like this when when i say that the divergence is there so that means that uh, there is this categorized uh, system the categorized element is there that that somehow you know that made uh, in our society that it it was so powerful it is so powerful that we can't you know avoid that even now like and also the the global uh, or the global capitalist capitalism, I would say that it is there because the we we are uh, going towards you know more demand. We are we are or the government or uh, the facilitators are providing us more more and more and more. And they are miners or they are like farmers. They are laborers who are constantly working on it. You know, without being held as an uh, important people or important a uh, person from that uh, sectors. So I think it is so connected. Radhika, would you like to reflect on that question? Well, I mean, I think a lot of Prabhakar's work, work is the environmentalism in his work, the span between the mining and farmers, etc. I mean, it speaks directly to you because of the uh, family history that you come from. But also, I think in to a certain extent, it is about that India's attempt to participate in globalization, the neo-colonial uh, ways of life that India is now attempting to lead. And, you know, to a certain extent, one of the things that has also happened, and I think the countries like India and, say, Bangladesh, etc., which have weak labor laws, so therefore yeah. you then get miners to mine with no safety. You get people sewing clothes with no safety regulations for the building in which they are. So we can buy a t-shirt for three or four pounds in Cardiff. You know, this, this, it's, it's a part of all of that, that environmental damage, the exploitation of people and of resources that is happening in global capitalism. I think that so much of your work seems to be referencing those issues and it is obvious that you're creating a visual language for it. This idea of neocolonialism that we've lacked the imagination to think out of, I mean to to not repeat colonial structures which we keep where every time the farm laws are discussed they talk about precedents in colonial times every time uh, we talk about other protests against the NRC or the citizenship laws that have been changed. Again, they go back to colonial times. Every time we talk about draconian laws, they talk about how they were in colonial times. And then artistic imagination just becomes one of the few outlets remaining, not just to speak, but also to think. We have a, 
A very uh, physical question, literally talking about your artistic research. It's from an anonymous attendee. Uh, Prabhakar, after seeing your work today in Cardiff and listening to you speak about all the mines you have visited across the world, can you explain how you document your time spent on site and how you disseminate your experiences throughout your practice? When I visit, uh, you know, like places uh, like the minings, I, I document in a way that like to photograph or uh, record like or record interviews or just to observe, you know, like just observe and talk to people, like talk to lots of people to what they think about their situation, what they think about their the culture, or they think about what is happening with them or around them. I always spend like time in a way that I would observe as much as I can. And uh, like there was this time, like uh, in 2014, I, I, I traveled to uh, Brazil and I was able to, you know, roam around in uh, and for my research in Northern Brazil. So uh, I, I spent a lot of time, like, you know, with one teacher who was an interpreter for me, like to able to connect many people, like local people in different parts of uh, Northern region, like Seha Pilada, Karajas, so all these regions were really, really, you know, people are so great. I mean, they, they provide uh, lots of information, but also lots of love, you know, like to talk about like uh, their experiences, their job, like how they do it. And they, they are very curious. So, so I always try to like document uh, or to keep and observe that uh, through the process. But uh, like later on, like what happens, like it, it takes uh, a lot of time for me to even understand and uh, to able to express that through the art form. So much time, there, there are lots of things that I haven't even uh, opened yet. There are lots of things that uh, the documents or the photographs or the record uh, recordings that I haven't, because I don't know like how to you know use that right now, but I'm working on it. I'm working on like uh, reading and uh, working on the, uh, like looking back again to my research because I, to, you, to be able to use that research or to be able to use those things what I have right now but uh, like I'm just trying to observe them but I had this idea in my mind that uh, because like visiting different places visiting different minings museums mining museums getting like lots of information about the banner books and uh, their culture, I had in my mind that I would I would have such kind of place where in my hometown, where people could really visit those, you know, elements, like the photographs by seeing from a different country, because it's, it's, it's not uh, like easy for like people to, you know, go to different country and visit those kind of places or meet those people. So I had in my mind that, uh, that I would create a kind of space where like uh, maybe it could be like educational uh, space or center. So people could really, you know, engage themselves, investigate themselves also. One thing we didn't bring up in this talk uh, is the fact that you are part of a collective of ex-miners, former miners, poets, and um, farmers, and that yeah. you are uh, making interventions, small interventions, just like the one you expressed, but also publishing books of poems. And there's this incredible intellectual movements that are present even in the minds as we speak. And, and you were really a part of it and also 
opening out those incredible debates and discussions and bringing those poems to us and often illustrating them. There's a, a comment from one of the attendees from Uttara Rajgopal, who says, I was just thinking about my point of view as a South Asian textile curator about how textiles ties in with the land thinking about cotton harvests and the physical labor of weaving and how that unity that creates this bond. It is seen not only in depictions of cloth, I imagine in your work, but also in the banners now in archives and how this speaks of and from a collective voice. This episode was made possible by generous support from our partners at Cardiff Metropolitan University and by Arts Council Wales. Sound editing was by Bulb, and the episode was introduced by me, Kit Edwards, Public Programme Assistant at Artist Monday.